Hello and welcome to No More Questions. Thank you for choosing to spend this time with me. My name is Clémence Heboura and I'm so pleased to introduce you to our show. As you may already know, No More Questions is your weekly journalism show where we discuss some of the most interesting developments and debates in the industry and where I prompt experienced, renowned and award-winning editors and media personalities to share what makes a truly great interview as well as their favourite career memories. It's been a bit though, hasn't it? I've missed being in this chair and talking to you. And I thought, what better way to come back than to do another news news roundup? Truth be told, if the only point of doing this format on the show was for me to dump at you what journalistic media I've been like reading and watching recently, it would probably be a lot of Cosmo articles having to do with certain earth sign men and exes. And luckily, you know, that's not the point. So today we're not talking quantitatively about a roundup of what's been going on, but qualitatively and we're talking about all things corruptions and drugs and yeah somehow that could still be about my ex but until I'm desperate enough to talk about it on air we are indeed applying those topics to journalism news. Actually I was going to start with the corruption story of how an Israeli agency is selling stories to corrupt journalists and you know planting false informations about about elections all over social media and airways because you know arguably and objectively that is the most important story we're going to cover today but then i remembered this article from new york magazine and the cut and if you've recently heard the term nepo baby then you'll know that new york magazine is no stranger to a viral celebrity culture dissection moment this week that's in the form of an article called ozempic is changing the definition of being thin which is garnering special attention but mostly special concern in this article by staff writer Matthew Schneier, the paper dives into the recreational use of Ozempic, which is an American anti-diabetes drug that many fashion Hollywood people, from wannabes to celebrities, are taking to get thinner. As the drugs reduce their appetite, they lose dramatic amounts of weight without more effort than just ingest- injecting the prescription into their veins. If you're behind your earphones, like, oh well, you know, that just sounds like a normal day in sunny California. Well, frankly, that's what I thought too until I read this part of the article. Ozempic is a diet that's not a diet. Wellness that's only wellness for the person you're taking it from, whose ease feels like a cheat. She, this um, this part in the quote refers to the founder of Allure magazine, who Schneier interviews, uh, and, you know, and her quotes are in the article multiple times. And Allure magazine was known, like obviously a plethora of others in the early 2000s for its diet headlines. So this woman, um, the f- the founder of Allure, worries that rather than solving the conundrum of what weight is healthy and attractive for you, these drugs merely move the goalposts of acceptably slender. Now, if you don't take a Zempic, are you by comparison overweight? She asks. I always used to think that when you travel from New York to Los Angeles, you gained 10 pounds when you landed because everyone else was so thin. Now, what does that mean? Did I just gain 20 pounds? It doesn't help that it's the kind of women who claim to never have to diet who seem particularly enthralled with the new drug. Especially for women who've been thin their whole lives, but not skinny, not fashion thin. The idea of touching that without having to sweat is really fun, my stylist friend says. It's really fun for them to have their jeans hang off of them like they're a hadith. There's an addictive quality to it. End quote. This article looks at people all across the board of who takes a Zempic, from people actually living with diabetes to pharmaceuticals to those who take it recreatively across you know a wide range of profiles of course there's 
the cliche valley influencer slash actress but also the in people with new york fashion circles the trend followers and finally those who alert on the Zenpic shortage because pharma companies are perfectly fine with lax doctors who write prescriptions for anybody and let diabetic people out of the equation but outside of this quality that the article looks at just about anybody that would be involved or interacting with the Zenpic issue today i think it does a really good job too but maybe only too superficial of looking at a certain form of hypocrisy within the western wellness industries I'd love to hear your opinion on this, and for that, obviously, you need to read the article, but I think it was a really great dive between, well, a dive behind the thought process, behind some form of addiction that's sponsored by wellness practices. Coming back to today's main piece of news news, that's the Story Killers affair. In case you haven't heard anything about it, here's the rundown. A consortium of journalists from 30 news organs all over the world reveal about two weeks ago the existence of an agency by the name of Team Jorge that boasts about having meddled in about two dozen campaigns through excessive botting on social media to place certain topics as trending, but also creating networks of eco-chambers that alert journalists and manipulate them into writing stories about precise concerns for elections, although those may not you know, be shared in reality by any number of real people. That practice is called astroturfing, but obviously it isn't new. And we know that from, just to take one example in recent years, the Cambridge Analytica affair. This time, it's different. This company with no legal existence and, you know, hiding behind the name of a communications agency that also has no legal profile, charges between 50,000 and several millions of dollars for services, including, let's say you're running for a campaign, right? At running for an election. So those services would include hacking your political opponent's email to plant incriminating documents, um, astroturfing, as we've mentioned, but also planting stories in the media and to do that relying on corrupting journalists. To break this story, the journalists from the consortium investigate in a creative way because there's no conventional contact point with the company, only referrals or through shell companies. So these journalists which are from the Forbidden Stories Consortium, which is a worldwide group that picks up research and workloads from journalists who feel like they are in danger from an in, well, in danger because of an interest group that would rather have their story gone, or journalists who have been killed um, in the line of duty, you could say, to silence them. So here, this builds up upon the work of Nobel Peace Prize award-winning investigator Maria Ressa about misinformation and manipulation in the latest Philippine elections, and also the work of Finnish journalist Jessica Arrow about Russian troll farms. What the consortium found is chilling. From Maggie Sell's re-election in Senegal to promoting the ramping up of nuclear exploitation in California, Team Jorge has been hard at work in the past years to infiltrate worldwide events. For the benefits of high-profile clients with cushy funds and an even cushier conscience. Of course, most of this, starting with the hacking and impersonating, is illegal, but the real find isn't that they've been engaging in illegal activities. It's that Team Jorge's most attractive quality on the market for ground-scale fear-mongering is an online encrypted software from which all the campaigns are organized and managed, and that includes all the fake articles or the fake stories given to real journalists. The way I see it, it's kind of like Notion AI, but for contemporary politics, except instead of spreadsheets and revision trackers, it's folder after folder after folder of fake Twitter accounts, successfully hacked email addresses and avatars to keep track of the fake human beings that the company creates to hijack public life 
in a credible way. They do this by stealing pictures from real people's social media and creating realistic profiles that lead to believe that their bots are anything but. According to Team Jorge and its head, an Israeli former spec ops operative named Tal Hanan, the company can mobilize nearly 40,000 bots for any campaign, with IP proxies playing the placing sorry, their fake minions all over a very real map. This story is important, not just because of its content, which obviously you know, would feel very important to anyone, but also because it's the first time in history that an international group of journalists and news organs has bonded together to investigate the mysterious but omnipresent world of disinformation. And we can only hope that it's not the last one and that as this initiative ramps up um, news coverage and airtime, it only impulses on more to investigate this story. Now, like the last time we did this, it's quite unusual for a normal questions episode, but I still have a lot of questions and I hope you do too and you stay curious. But now is the time for me to answer another much anticipated question, I'm sure, uh, which is who are the next normal question guests? Well, look no further. Next Tuesday for episode 14 of Normal Questions, Chantal Fernandez and Lauren Sherman are on. As experienced business writers focusing on fashion and fashion cultures, Lauren and Chantal have a lot to talk to us about. From the TikTok revolution to the politics of brands and houses and to what we should be as consumers and as onlookers, well, on the lookout for and for the next months in fashion. I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation and to tune back in to Normal Questions next week. It's a great episode and I'm really excited to speak to them. Thank you for listening to this episode and for tuning in to Normal Questions Weekly. This is it for us today and for this week, but we will be back next week for this fascinating dive into fashion and business writing and about working in the heart of creative industries. But of course, we'll also be back for more dives into the stories that make the news. As promised, I hope you have no more questions, but only until the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today and see you next time.